morning, everyone. It's really good to see you again. Thank you for the opportunity to spend another another week um, with you. The sunny southeast, yet again. Brilliant. I know it was raining earlier on this morning, but uh, the sun's sun is shining uh, now. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to share with you from God's Word. It's amazing how God's Word speaks to us, isn't it? Amen. I wonder if you have ever experienced an unsteady heart. Yeah? Maybe you've got one just now. There are different uh, times in our life when our heart is unsteady. You know, I experienced this uh, fairly recently. Um, I don't know if you can see that from the, from the back there, but that's a little snapshot of uh, a heart monitor on my Apple Watch. It's amazing the things you can, uh, you can see what's happening to yourself. I had been out for a run with my wee brother um, and my sister-in-law, Lorna, at, during the summer. And I hadn't felt very well during that time. So I was coming up to come and tangle and I thought, I need to go out for a run again. So I went out with Noah, my oldest boy. He's now 14 years old. We went for what I thought was a gentle run, but he uh, was running. He's got long legs. We'll see it says his legs. He was running quite fast, and I was trying to keep up. And when I stumbled into the house, Phenos can vouch for this, I was exhausted. And I looked at my watch, and my heart rate was 175. And I think that's a bit fast um, for someone my age. Um, my heart was unsteady. I was just trying to keep up with my son. He came, sat down, and carried on as normal, as if nothing had happened, which was very insulting of me. You know, he could have at least pretended that I'd given him a hard workout. But that was uh, a time when my heart was unsteady recently. But you know, for some, it's a day-to-day occurrence, isn't it? There are so many things that make our hearts feel unsteady. You know, I took a picture from the web of some UK newspapers, and of course, it's Brexit, 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 Brexit. All talking about the uncertainty around Brexit. What's going to happen? And you know, there are so many people who are troubled by this. I work in a university. We have lots of international researchers working with us. And it's so uncertain for them what's going to happen. Many companies that I work with, very uncertain as to what's going to happen. But not even just in the, in the business world, in families, in our finances. So many things would cause us to have an uncertain an unsettled heart. And I was reading, I've started reading through the Psalms again, and I was reminded of this uh, Psalm in Psalm 57 of a man who was facing uncertain times. Even just looking at the, the little introduction in my Bible, it says, a Psalm of David to the tune of Do Not Destroy. That doesn't sound like a very pleasant tune, does it? Do not destroy. A, a Mikram, Miktam, sorry, when he had fled from Saul into the cave. He's in a cave. Doesn't sound very nice. That sounds 
like he's having a tough time. You know, this man, David, was a man of God. He trusted God. He was a good, he was a good member of his family. He was a trusted son. His dad gave him tasks to do. He was a faithful person. Do you remember he, did, he had some great feats for God? He'd been faithful to God in the past, even although many people um, were, hadn't been faithful. So he'd stood alone at times. He was a talented musician, and God had used his talents as a musician. And yet, we see at this point in his life, he's in a cave. He's been chased out of his job. He's been chased out of, his, out of the palace. He's been chased around the country. He's been chased into a cave. Can it get any worse? He's facing a really difficult time. Can you imagine being there? We're going to read David's song. If you were there, what would your song be? What song would you write? When you're in that cave, facing imminent threat. Well, I was really surprised when I read through Psalm 57. It's really good, isn't it, when God's word surprises us? Because it gives a double take, a triple take. And we look at it and think, really? Well, if you have a Bible, you can maybe look at verse Uh, 7, this was the verse that stuck out at me. When I'm thinking of the situation that this man, David, was facing, this is what he says in verse 7. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Really? Really? David, you've just been chased around the countryside. You've been cornered in a cave. And you're saying, my heart is steadfast. My heart is steady. My heart is confident. That's amazing, isn't it? Do you not want to get a piece of what David's got? I certainly do. I certainly do. The picture that came to mind when I was thinking about the contrast between what I think I might be like in that situation compared to David. I thought of flagpoles. Maybe not the first thing that would come into mind. But here's the picture that came to my mind, or two pictures. I'm always impressed by the Enniscorthy flagpole monument. It's the biggest, strongest looking flagpole I have ever seen in my life and probably will ever see in my life it's not great for the flag I don't think I I saw some uh, newspaper cuttings saying that's why the flag never never flutters properly but it's the strongest flagpole in the world I think (laughs) and I contrasted that with a picture of a flagpole a couple of flagpoles by a beach When I think of this, these words from David, David for me is like the Enniscorthy flagpole. 
My heart is steadfast. Whereas sometimes we maybe feel a bit like that flag that's just hanging on in the wind for dear life. Barely hanging on. But I want to get what David's got. I want to have that steadfast heart. So we will look into the psalm and see how did this man get this confidence. So let's read the rest of the of the psalm. I've got it up here on the screen um, if you want to follow it with me. Psalm 57 and verse 1 says, Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends me from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I'm in the midst of lions. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they've fallen into themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples, for great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, that your glory be over all the earth. Amen. Amazing passage from God's Word. The first thing I want to to just point out from this psalm is troubles are real. Troubles are real. The troubles you have in your life, the troubles I have in my life are real and they are real for David. They are real for David. Did you see some of the language that he used? He talks about looking for a refuge. He's facing disaster. He's being wronged by others. They're hotly pursuing him. He's describing the people who are chasing him like ravenous lions or ravenous beasts and lions. The path that he's going on, there's nets and pits that are, go- that are going after him to trap him. All of these threats, and David was facing real physical threats, threats to his life. I don't know whether you're facing that just now, whether you feel the extremity of that. But as well as physical threats, David was facing extreme criticisms. Did you see how he described the words that people were saying about him and to him in verse 4? He talks about these people having teeth like spears and arrows and tongues as sharp swords. 
Have you ever been on the wrong end of tongues like sharp swords? We can all identify with that, can't we? I wonder if you're in that place just now where you're facing the trouble of what other people are saying about you. And that is a real trouble that you have in mind. And if we take the wisdom of the world, what does that say to us? Well, there's a great movement in meditation and mindfulness, and some aspects of that are good and proper. But a lot of it is about emptying our minds, escaping in our minds from our present circumstances, and emptying our minds. And that's not what David is doing. He's acknowledging the trouble he's in. He's fully aware of that trouble that he is in. But neither is he dealing with a pity party here. Do you have pity parties in Ireland? (laughs) I certainly sometimes find myself in a pity party, feeling sorry for myself. That's not what he's focusing on. He's not doing that either. He is acknowledging his troubles, but he's not overwhelmed by these troubles. Why? Well, as well as there have been lots of trouble in this song, if you look through it, there's lots of God in this song. There's lots of God in this song. Because David is turning his attention to God. He's not looking for self-confidence. He's receiving God confidence. His confidence is founded in God and who God is. And in this song, as he finds himself worshipping God, that's how his heart is steadied. That is the source of the confidence that David exhibits in this in this song. There were three things that really struck out um, at me as I read through this and I think we'll just look in a little bit more detail at these uh, three uh, verses uh, together. So the first one is in verse 2. Just find it. <clears throat> yeah, verse 2. It says, here's what David says, I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. I cry out to God most high. As he thinks about who he is singing to, who he is crying out for help from, he acknowledges, God, you are most high. You're high above everyone. You're in control. You are still supreme God. Nothing is too big for you. We were singing that, weren't we? 
not, our God is so big. Nothing is too big for him. Nothing is too challenging for him. Nothing catches God by surprise. He is most high. And from this position of authority, from this position of God being all-powerful and all-knowing, David is able to say, you vindicate me. It's what God's viewpoint of me is. It's that that matters. That's what David's saying. It's God, your view of me that matters, not what others view of me, not what I think about myself in my head, but God, it's what you think of me that matters. You vindicate me. You make me right. I am right before you because you make me right. Is that not amazing? In this position where everyone's out to get him, He's cornered in a cave. But God is still the most powerful and it's still God who vindicates David. And us as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 says 1 Corinthians 1.30 says It is because of him, because of God that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. It's Christ that makes us right with God. When God sees us, he sees the perfection of Jesus. Not because we're perfect in ourselves, not because we're better than anyone else, but because of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, paying the price for our sin, that makes us right in God's eyes. Is that not amazing? God vindicates me. God vindicates you. And that gives David this assurance. It clears him of blame. It clears him of thinking about what others are saying about him. He holds to God the most powerful and his view of him as being right before him. When was the last time you really thought about how secure you are in God. You are right before God. Every sin, sins I committed last week, the sins you committed last week, are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. You know, some translations uh, talk um, in, this, in this verse about it uh, relating to God's purpose for us. The assurance of God's purpose. 
You know, this is God's purpose. Ephesians 1, verse 4, Thanos was reading verse 7 earlier on. But in verse 4, he says, For he, that's God, chose us in him before the creation of the world. Before the creation of the world. To be holy and blameless in his sight. Before God created the world, he chose you to be right before him. We're vindicated by God. Surely that gives us that confidence and steadfastness of heart this uh, this afternoon. So that's verse 2. Let's look at another verse. Let's uh, go on to verse uh, 5. Let's look at verse 5. Here's what verse 5 says. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. That verse surprised me as well. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Here is a man who has experienced God's greatness. Here's a man who God has done great things through him. Here is a man, if you remember um, from the um, from the record of the of the Bible, that the famous prophet Samuel has anointed to be king. Here is a man who stood out from all the armies, he wasn't even in the army, stood out from the armies and went and killed Goliath with God's strength. So if anyone has a right to say, God, my reputation, tell everyone about my reputation, tell everyone about what I've already done for you, God. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do this. Where does he want the glory to go? To God. He's not trying to correct everyone's view of him. But his desire is that God's glory be over all the earth. That is what David's focus is on. That God's glory would be established In the face of these difficulties, he's not looking for his own reputation to be restored. He's looking for God's name to be glorified in all the earth. You know, as we focus on God's glory and enjoy God's glory and want more of God's glory and to experience his glory, our own personal interests will fade away. Our own desire for our reputation to be restored will fade away. You know, Jesus knew that this would be at the core of a unified fellowship of his people. A unified church. I don't know whether you remember the verses that Jesus prayed himself in John chapter 17, in verses 22 and 23, Jesus said to his Father, I have given them the glory that you 
Father gave me that they may be one as we are. I in them and you in me. As we focus on God's glory we become more united together as brothers and sisters. As a fellowship in my church back home in Paisley in your church here in Enniscorthy. You know, Jesus even uses the, the words being brought to complete unity. His desire for his followers was that through the glory that he was imparting to them, for them to experience God's glory, that they would be brought to complete unity together. A confidence in God that brings a confidence in a fellowship that gives us that strength to serve Him. A focus on God's glory being established. That was David's focus. May that be our focus as well. Let's pick off one more. There's so many things in this in this psalm that we could focus on, but uh, one more um, in verse. Let's go to verse ten. Verse ten says, "For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to." The sky. Where does this confidence come from, David? Well, it's that confidence in God's love and His faithfulness that will never be exhausted. Great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. You know, I know that you're a very caring fellowship. And I respect you for that. And I honour you for that. I know myself in my own life in the care that I try to give people um, that I am with in my church and in my work and in my family. But I fail. I pray for something and then I'll forget. And God will answer and I'm surprised. Because I have finite resources. My faithfulness has a limit. My love has a limit. But praise God, His love and His faithfulness is without limit. It reaches to the skies and reaches to the heavens. That is the confidence that David has. He had great friends. Maybe some of you know the passages in the Bible where... David was partial to a drink of water out of Bethlehem and his friends were, went and, and got it for him in the face of their lives being in danger. But David's confidence wasn't rooted in his friends' faithfulness, was rooted in God's faithfulness and in God's love. Did you notice one thing in, in this talking about how extensive God's love and 
God's faithfulness is. Reaching to the heavens. Reaching to the skies. What direction is that? Up. In my simple mind, I would think of God's love and faithfulness coming down. And David's in a cave. I wonder if God's love and faithfulness will reach even to a cave at a low point. But I was really encouraged when I thought the fact that this verse here tells us it reaches up. God's love is close at hand. God's faithfulness is close at hand. It's with us in our cave, like David. And it's inexhaustible. 1 John 3, verse 1, John tells the Christians, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Children of God. God's inexhaustible love and inexhaustible faithfulness. So as we think about this man David, so many years ago, in that cave, nowhere else to go, cornered in a cave, and the confidence and steadfast heart that he had, rooted in God, that assurance of God's vindication of him. He is the Most High. It's God's view of me, and I'm blameless before God. We are, if we have put our faith and trust in Jesus. A focus on God's glory, not our reputation being restored, but God's name being glorified. And a confidence in God's love and His faithfulness being inexhaustible. That will bring us to worship of God. Song number three. I can't remember the words, but it really struck to me. I didn't know it before. But it said, I will praise or worship and it was that song of declaration wasn't it? If you notice where David gets to in this psalm even in the midst of these difficulties in verse 7 we've already read I will sing and make music confident declaration verse 9 I will praise you Lord among the nations He's going to go out and tell people how wonderful God is. Confidence in his testimony. I will sing of you among the peoples. May that be our experience with this great confidence that we have in our great God and his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ.